0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Move Podcast. My name is Scotty Carlisle, and today I have some very special guests Jennifer and Jim. And today we're going to talk about a huge problem in the United States and in many people's homes that's Lyme disease. If you know somebody that has been affected by this disease, pay attention, listen, and maybe even share this podcast with them.
1: The whole concept for MOVE is M, make a difference. Oh, to offer up your time, talent, and gifts. And B, there's victory in the small things, and E, to encourage others. And so I started to move.
0: There are many things that people don't know. There are many misconceptions. And today what the goal of this podcast is to share some of these real life experiences with real life people and delve into some of the situations surrounding the disease in general. So, buckle up, get comfortable, and welcome Jim and Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you, Thank
1: you for having us, to share our story.
0: So, when did you guys first find out that Lyme disease was a thing?
1: Mm, I think we always kind of knew about it, we knew the word Lyme disease. Um, we lived in Colorado for a short time, so it was there. We lived in the mountains for a little while; it was there. But beyond it just causing joint pain, we had no idea what the what the disease was. Um,
0: so you guys had your joint pain. Is that where it came up because of you or because of someone else?
1: No, we just knew that that's what the disease was. One of our neighbors in the mountains had it, um, and so we just kind of knew. To us, Lyme disease was joint pain, and that's kind of where it that's the extent of what we knew about it
2: to me you hear lyme disease we all have our pets get a lyme shot if we have dogs and you're going to go camping you get a lime shot because the dogs are affected uh fatally by getting a tick bite and get lyme disease that's the only place i've ever heard of it so we do a lot of camping with our pets and we always had our pets get their shots for lyme disease and then when we moved to colorado we kind of heard more people getting it which As most people out here in the West Coast, we never really hear or are informed of Lyme disease. So when did you find out that it affected you
0: personally?
1: Um, Our oldest daughter in 2016, she was 16. And um, pillar of health, our our whole family is we've always lived a more active and natural lifestyle. Never any issues. Um, and we were getting our hair cut, and she was sitting there talking with the stylist. And then literally, like, from one minute to the next, she went from okay to going down with chest pain, having seizures. Um, We thought she was dying on us. Uh, We had to call the ambulance, and they transferred her to the local emergency room. And that basically started our next five years of hell.
0: (laughs) That was in that same...
2: Day that yes. she went through, she had seizures and all within 15 20 minutes. That she it was sitting there picking out a hairstyle, and she said, My chest hurts, and down she went. And before that, there was never any Nothing. no. She's a girl that did yoga daily, worked out tremendously, ran, was the healthiest eater in our entire household, and uh, yeah, like she said, a pillar of hell, right? Wow, and it's not like that was just some call for attention or something like that because no i mean it, it started obviously that uh, we got released from the er and it followed your with your physician so we took her into the local doctor and uh after explaining everything he's figured it was above his expertise so he referred us to chalk to children's hospital of orange county which we would consider one of the best hospitals in in the west coast
0: Many and, people would, I think, and
2: because of her stating chest pains, that's where the investigation started. So we got sent to cardiology, and uh, we did over a month of testing. She was on a ch- on an actual monitor that gave live data to Chalk Hospital twenty four seven for thirty days, all through the Christmas uh, period, all through December, and uh, at the end of the road, um, clean bill of health, nothing wrong chest wise, nothing wrong cardiac wise. So. Um, we got moved to GI to have GI testing done.
1: Because she was losing weight, not able losing to eat. Losing weight,
2: not eating.
0: How long was period of time before that happened?
1: Um, well, we had three ER visits a week apart because she would have that same episode is what we started to call them. Um, and then we started in chalk, yeah, mid-December. So she saw two different cardiologists there um, to check the makeup of the heart plus the electric output of the heart. So her heart was completely checked. And then we did GI and then we moved to neurology and we did a, um, EEG and amongst other things, she had a full workup. Um, I want to say all of this ended mid-March and they sent us home and said, your daughter is, um, depressed and has anxiety. So here's some medicine and see you later.
0: Wow. How you must have thought about depression and anxiety from that point. You were probably like, because, of course, you didn't know. You're probably like, wow, anxiety and depression are a lot worse than I thought.
1: No, we knew that it wasn't anxiety we and knew. depression.
0: It was uh, <laughs> living with
1: our daughter. We knew that that yeah. was not
0: happy girl. Right.
1: That that was not the case that. um, Yeah. It, yeah. We just knew that we had to keep fighting for her um, to get, to get the answers. We weren't, we weren't satisfied
2: with that. It was a mystery for us. And I was sitting at work one day in the office and I happened to have a vendor come in and I was saying how sick my daughter was. And he said, you know what, Jim, and I've known this gentleman for a long time. He goes, that sounds just like my daughter and my daughter has Lyme disease. You need to meet with my wife and talk to her. So about a week later, I would say, I met with, uh, with my friend's wife. And she says, I hope it's not true, but everything you're telling me, it sounds like Lyme disease. So we started researching Lyme disease, researching people that can treat it, which uh, became our next uh, challenge in life, was trying to find somebody that can treat it. And uh, our first- Why is that such a challenge? um, According to uh, the CDC or the Western medicine, uh, it it doesn't exist on the West Coast. You can't get Lyme disease in California. And if you do, you take six weeks antibiotics and you're cured. Well. That's what we were told up front. Hmm. So we researched and found a doctor up in Northern California. And we set an appointment with, with that person and uh, went to a meet and got some testing done. And she tested how many bands? What? Okay, so what does that mean, bands? So there's and-
1: two different types of Lyme tests. There's the Western blot and then the Elisa, Elisa, um, depends on how you say it. Um, so we did have the Western blot. and. Our insurance company would cover, there's different bands and each band represents something different. Some are strictly for Lyme disease. Some are other spirochete type diseases. Um, our insurance company covered eight bands and our daughter tested positive in four of the eight. Um, how, okay, two, bands meaning
0: tests, type of tests. Is that what bands are? It's one
1: test, one blood test, but there's different categories. with Breakdowns within the the test. So they call them bands. Okay, understand. So she tested positive in four of the eight that they tested. Two are specific only to Lyme disease. So you would have to have Lyme disease. Um, However, for the CDC to acknowledge that you have Lyme disease or your insurance to acknowledge you have Lyme disease, you have to test positive in five of ten our insurance would not pay for the 10 and the test is extremely expensive. So we kind of went with, she also tested positive for early and late antibodies. Um, she t- So it showed that it had been in her system for quite some time, but was still active. So we chose to, instead of pay several thousand dollars for another test, when to us, it looked positive and um, the doctor we saw up North looked positive. Uh, it looked positive to just move forward with, she has Lyme disease. Her symptoms show Except what she has it. Lyme disease um, and move forward in finding a doctor to treat our daughter and um, not worry about the CDC positive.
0: Got it. And then that was, and she was 16. So that was five years ago.
1: Yeah. November will be five years. Okay.
0: Four. Okay. So over four years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And. Okay, so now you have Lyme disease. She, so your family is has Lyme disease. Go forward. What does that mean?
1: Well, our first instinct was whew, we have a diagnosis. We know what's wrong with her. Mm-hmm. It's not just in her head. We were so happy that we fought. And then you start to read about Lyme and what it does. And we started to watch how it was ravaging her body and changing her. And then we were like, Wow. Is this really what we what we wanted for her? And then you get further into the Lyme disease and no one knows about it and no one seems to care about it. And because they don't know about it, they don't want to help you. They don't want to learn about it. You don't have charities that help patients with Lyme disease. You don't have, you can't do fundraisers. We looked at like to do a fundraiser at our local restaurants. They won't do it because it's not under their list of things that qualify for fundraisers. So then we were like, You know, not to sound horrible, but gosh, couldn't she have been diagnosed with like cancer or autism or something everyone knows about and everybody cares about because no one cares that our daughter is sick. We're watching it. We're living it. And no one else seems to care. Um, So I think it was kind of crushing. I think we went from a high to having a diagnosis to then learning about Lyme disease, watching what it was doing to her and seeing that the majority of people. They just kept on going with their daily life, and I think they keep I going. Think that was they get really forgotten, hard.
2: and they die. And we weren't going to accept that for a sixteen-year-old girl.
1: Suicide. Suicide is the um, number one cause of death for patients with Lyme disease, and most of them are the pain is too great; they can't handle it, or they feel misunderstood or not loved, and they just. They can't keep fighting when no one seems to care. Mm.
0: I, I don't even know what to say to that. I know uh, that more people have it than you're aware of, than, we're, than I'm aware of. I know Avril Lavigne, if that's how you pronounce her mm-hmm. name, she had a song that came out. Did sh- Does she have Lyme disease? She too? does.
1: Um, Justin Bieber came out a year ago that he has it. Chris Christopherson has it. Shania, um, Shania Twain, that's when she put her career on hold and her marriage failed um Yolanda Hadid she was married um to David Foster she has it and two of her three kids have it she's very vocal Rob Thomas the musician his wife has it they're part of um Global Lime Alliance um one of the Baldwin brothers has it oh wow um that have just spoke out that have spoke out about it um Kirstie Alley has it wow um so I mean there's 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 quite a few out there you just I guess you don't hear about them unless you're
0: looking for it man so is it like autism where you have a huge spectrum of you have some people that are just barely affected in little ways and then over here you have somebody that's completely out of touch with reality because they're so affected is that some yes
1: yes um and i think that's Maybe one of the challenges that we face because someone might say, oh, we knew someone with Lyme and they were fine. They still went to work. They still had a job. They still got their education. And that's good when we're so thankful that that was their situation, but it's not ours. Um, um, We fast forward a little bit. So our oldest was diagnosed in 2016, two years later. Exactly two years later in November, our middle daughter was diagnosed after she started showing the same symptoms as our oldest daughter. And then in 2019, our youngest daughter was diagnosed. So now we don't just fight for one. We fight for all three. Um, All have very similar symptoms. Um,
2: Similar, but all different. And how do you mean that? Well, once again, everybody's affected a little differently. So my oldest daughter has it uh, in her stomach, in her heart, in her brain. Um, my middle daughter has a lot of the joint and issues, but she's also got it in her digestive, in her stomach.
0: And they tested the bands, and
2: is that,
0: is that how they were tested? Or were they tested, or you just know? Or how does that work?
2: It's a slippery slope when you start mm-hmm. talking about diagnosing Lyme disease. Um, we're not doctors by any means, so we don't know the legalities of it. But doctors are scared; they will not diagnose Lyme disease on the West Coast.
1: More on okay. the West Coast, um, I, and I'm,
2: I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, so it, 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 it's once again a very slippery slope. We, as we started researching how we're going to take care of our daughter, um, we chose as a family, as a husband and wife, and uh, with caretakers her, with her input. You know she was sixteen years old, so we we, we let our daughters have a say. Um, we chose to go a more homeopathic holistic route, natural healing, um, just because if chalk, what I would consider one of the best children's hospitals in Southern California, cannot help my daughter, why do I trust their doctors to help my daughter they, they can't. They told me my daughter was depressed because she was sixteen years old, so um, we went the holistic route, and uh, there is uh, multiple ways of testing other than just traditional blood testing and so forth that, uh, that we've been able to uh, diagnose our daughters. and Because with Lyme disease comes multiple co-infections or viruses that come with the initial bite, and they're all tick-borne viruses. Um, so through what we call indexing or muscle testing, um, through the holistic route, we're able to diagnose and treat our, our daughters.
0: I, the Our last podcast, I talked to my sister and she had an appendix burst in Ireland. And after she got back here, it took about two years and she went to a number of different doctors, specialists, and nobody was able to tell her what was wrong with her. She went to a naturopath and that guy within five minutes told her, hey, it's your adrenals. And she's like, nah, you're a quack. <laughs> you a lot. You're a quack. You're a quack. Yeah, no, then she is. got tested for that and lo and behold, the guy was right. Now, so I have a different perspective. A lot of people may not have somebody cool. that, have, that it was successful going the natural path. So it doesn't mean that they all know everything. However, okay. there are certain times it, when they it, it, it's
2: have part of their. It's part of their title, their natural path. It's natural healing. Um, I was pretty skeptical at first. I mean, when I started seeing some of the testing and some of the treatment, I, uh, you know, it's not what I was raised to believe. It's you go to a doctor and they treat you and you're healthy again. Um, But then when I kind of got real with myself, it's natural healing. We've been using it, our ancestors have been using it for hundreds of years. Why am I questioning it when I can sit there and watch it and see it work? that that's what got us
0: it's an experience you you have experience where anybody from the outside can look in and and tell you you should do this or you should do that you don't don't think of this and don't do that but until they sit in your shoes you know and if and i don't see a damn thing wrong with that at all if you have something that works who is anybody to say anything about
2: that relate it i'm a little older than you but in our era we had our doctor that we went to go see whether I broke my arm, had a cold, or I needed a vaccine, we had, I had one person that I went to go see. Now the medical field isn't like that. You have specialists. So when we started with Chalk Hospital, we had a heart specialist. Then we went to a GI specialist. Then we went to neurology. Well, all they're looking at is one thing. The advantage of going a natural or holistic route is they treat the entire body. So she's treating from tip to tail, inside out. She checks everything. She's not looking at just my daughter's heart. She's not looking at just my daughter's intestinal tract. She's reading the whole body, finding out what is causing these problems in all these different areas.
0: So you have your oldest daughter that you said uh, brain,
2: heart, and stomach? So the... And then with the middle daughter. My wife can explain a little better. We call them them bugs in our our house, but they're spiral keets, the way they're formed, um, and they can travel through the body. And That's new, the medical new, term, new terminology? Spiral, is, spiral disease is a,
1: is a spiral key. Um, and it can change shape to try and not be killed. It can um, lose its tail. It can burrow into things like literally like a corkscrew burrow into like into your organs, into your um, joints, into your bones. Um, it also becomes like a cyst or it, beca- it gets like a gel. So it makes it really hard to kill when it, when it does all these, our middle daughter, hers is, she has some heart issues. She has some GI issues, weight loss issues, but hers is predominantly her, her biggest problems are in her bones and in her joints. Um, her knee pain, her hip pain is, um, most of us, it would debilitate us and she lives with it. Daily, And she says it feels like her bones are like splintering from the inside out.
2: You have to remember, we're talking about healthy teenage girls that have gone from running and working out to some days being confined to a wheelchair. It affects it that drastically from day to day, from month to month. Um it, it, It's, yeah, the, the pain that my girls go through is... And then the youngest, how is she affected? She's... Not so much
1: Hers hers never gastro. really got into it. She's got in- a
2: lot of balance issues and the pain in the joints. Um the balance issues affects her quite a bit. Yeah. Um, she
1: has the seizures, which are what all three other girls have and or um all three of them have, the older two and the youngest. They have seizures and tremors, um, where they'll just sit and they'll just start shaking and it'll kinda of go up to one limb. Um she has those hers is she's a dancer. She is our, we call her our tiny dancer. She's a beautiful dancer. Um, so for it to affect, she has motion sickness and balance issues. And so that's really hard for her because obviously as a dancer, that's a struggle. Um, and then her pain is in her feet. Oh man. Not only her feet, but that's predominantly where her pain issues are, are in her, in her feet. So it hurts to even just put any pressure on them to try and walk or obviously to, to dance. So
0: you have three daughters, all that have Lyme disease at varying degrees with varying symptoms. What does your what does your home look like? Do you have is it a normal home? Do you have different machines or uh, what kind of things do you have that normal people might not?
2: Most of of the girls, when they have, uh, like I said, what we call episodes, whether it be full-blown seizures to tremors to extreme tremors, um, their pulse rates are affected and then their oxygen levels are affected. So in order to combat that, you know, at at first with, with my oldest daughter, we were scared. We call 911. We get an ambulance right to the ER and then the ER can't find anything wrong with them. Even as much as we explain Lyme disease, they don't understand it they don't believe it because that's not what they've been taught in school. So we normally um leave the ER with absolutely zero answers. So not only are you
0: not being helped but you're being basically they're they're condescending in a way oh, yeah. and they're looking they, at they're, you like you're wasting our time. So absolutely talk eight, about insult to injury.
1: 7 or 8 ER visits in the first 2 years with our oldest daughter first 18 months 2 years. Yeah. Um, and every time we left with no answers, every time we left telling us Lyme didn't exist, and there was no way that she had Lyme every yeah. time. So finally, you just you lose faith again in Western medicine, and you're like, okay, i I'm trusting you with my daughter. We had one doctor come in and even ask us how to spell Lyme disease. Yeah. And we're like, because he was, in the, wow. he was he was
2: behind the curtain googling it. So, um, so back to the original question. um to combat not having to go to ERs to get that whole confusion. We have oxygen generators in the home. We have portable oxygen that we carry with us in the vehicle whenever we have our daughters with us. Um, We have EKG machines. We have blood pressure machines, um, pulse ox, multiple pulse pulse ox because a lot of it has to do with, the sickness has to do with energy. And if one girl goes down, if I do not get my other girls out of the room, They will be affected because it's all energy of the body and so we get them away but if we happen to be in a small area we have had multiple situations where all three girls go down at the same time i can't imagine luckily we know how to handle it my oldest son um, is uh somewhat medically trained um as an emt he could handle it so Thank goodness we have a large family, so we all have our jobs. When uh, even all the way down to my my youngest boy, uh, we all have our jobs. You know, when uh, when the girls go down, everybody has a job to do. So wow, so you really have to come
0: together as a family. Oh yeah, unfortunately. Hmm. So and I re- That's
1: just emergency stuff. That's we didn't have a situation. sauna that took over our dining room cuz infrared sauna helps with detoxing. So we have a big um three person sauna, um,
2: multiple bath foot baths cuz once again it's another way to uh detox the body.
1: foot baths and um we have mats, uh jade mats, jade stone mats that help with detoxing. Um thermometers so we can take their temperature often to kind of see how they're what their body's doing internally. Um, So, yeah, our house has kind of been overrun by, we have one freezer that's full of ice packs because if they get the burning of the skin or the rashing, um, the ice packs help. We have cooling rags. They will Um, physically
2: try to rip their skin off when they're having, if that starts traveling through the body.
0: really bad. Is that what it is? Um, Is that
2: itching, itching, burning, tingling? And they'll physically try to, they're just, they think they're scratching an itch and they're like, drawing blood so yeah so then we we cover them with
1: cooling rags and ice packs to try and help with that sensation and to keep them from harming themselves
0: i can't even imagine that so you've had to literally
2: restrain them at some point oh
1: multiple times yeah Mm -hmm. and
2: it's it's like a lot of other um situations it's like you know when you hear people trying to save somebody they have weird strength My daughter is amongst her problems. She's lost a lot of weight. She's 90 down to 96, 97 pounds. And she's a very tall girl. Um, So she is skin and bones. Um, I'm a fairly large guy with a lot of weight behind me. And it takes everything I have to hold her down. Wow. Yeah.
0: Mm. I, I just, I remember when we did for our, Our um, opening ceremony at All Magic, we did Mm -hmm. a, a little fundraiser and had a car that we posted a bunch of misconceptions on and gave somebody a sledgehammer so they could sledge, you know, the misconceptions. And that was the first time I saw it. And I had the cameras going and I actually have it on camera when your daughter passed out and you were right there to catch her. And it was because of there was so much action going on. And she she was the first person to swing the hammer to, you know, to smash the misconceptions of Lyme disease. And when I saw that happen, you know, you hear it. But when you see it, it's a different story. So I can only imagine when you feel it because it's your daughter, it's somebody that you love. And now not only is it one person, but it's, three daughters that you have in your, in your household that you are having to cope. And the the problem is there's no specific instructions on how to fix it. And you don't know. And so I commend both of you guys for, for being able, if you are, when you are, you know, the fact that you have to go through this breaks my heart. The fact that your daughters have to suffer from this breaks my heart. The fact that People are not
2: empathetic. Pisses me off. (laughs) But but you have to be fair. I mean, we we got mad at first um, because, as you stated at the grand opening, my daughter showed up and they look great. Yeah, they're thin. They're very thin, Um, but they look great. People don't see it. So when people look at them and say, well, they look healthy, you're right. You know, at first I used to make us upset, very upset. Um,
1: or oh, you look good today. We were you, like, you look oh. great.
2: Well, how's your day? And my girls go, oh, it's a good day. Well, good. You have to remember, a good day for them is they were physically able to get out of bed and maybe go into the bathroom all by themselves. Um, you know, that that's a good day for my daughter. Or if she can walk down the hallway to get a glass of water, that is a good day for my daughter. Some days. So when people ask that, you know, like I said, we used to get very upset at it, and I've I've tried to scale back that. When you look at my daughter, she looks okay. Those people aren't there when we're hooking oxygen machines and EKGs and pulse oxes and having a seizure on the living room floor. They're not there for that. They don't get to see that. I don't want anybody to see it. I don't want anybody to deal with it with their daughter or their son. I don't want anybody to deal with this disease.
1: That night ended up with the ER visit.
2: What happened that night? Yeah. That
1: night she, um, she, she passed out in the parking lot. And so he ran her to the lobby and started with a full seizure, and we tried what we had on hand, and it wasn't working. Um, So someone called the ambulance, and they came. The fire fire
2: department was there for the grand opening. Oh, that's right. They were there already. They 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 came in. They were standing over us the entire time, watching us deal with her, and it was taking everything they had. I mean, that's their job. So they were like, please, please, and we finally, I guess you could say gave in, because she was not coming out of the episode. and um, Even
1: when they gave her the Versed, she still was not. Coming out that night ended up being wow. we got transferred to a hospital um, via ambulance. They finally took her in, and she ended up having seven massive seizures that night. Um, we were discharged at what three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's pretty much they just give her so much calming medicine that her body just kind of like we almost have to like carry her to like the car. comatose almost.
2: The, the, yeah, it's they have right right no the, an- they have she's no right answers on the to that.
1: Yeah. They have no answers. They don't know how to help us. And so, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning, we go home just the same as, as the other times. Um, so people got to see it that day. They got to see her from normal walking around, talking to people to down. And it does happen that fast, that fast. Hmm. So So you're always on edge. You're always watching the other kids know what to look for. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's not, uh, there's not just a normal day in our house anymore. There's not a day where you can just kind of um, even with them doing better um, in recent months, treatments are working, they're they're feeling better. We had one go down yesterday. She was fine. She got, I went to the grocery store. I came, I brought lunch home. She came into the kitchen. She got her lunch. She was talking with us. Two minutes later, the girls are calling me from the bedroom um, that, that she needs help. And it was just, it was just that fast and then that'll last for several hours um trying to get her stabilized and feeling okay is several is several hours sometimes and all hands on deck everyone's running to grab something or do something or get something um and then they'll pay for it for three or four days We're literally they almost can't even get out of bed because our body's just so worn down and exhausted
2: Ch- it changes your life yeah. You know, we, we kind of got to the stage in life where, where like I said, we have, a, we have a large family. We have six children in, in whole. And the two littlest ones were finally to the self-sustained stage. Parents will get this when they have little kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought, hey, we can finally go on dates. We can go on a motorcycle ride. We can do this. We can do that. Everything came to a crashing halt when my oldest daughter got sick. And um, now it's one of us have to be home. To handle things. And if If we're not, our oldest
1: son is for sure. We we will never not have somebody not.
2: Yeah. If we get away for an afternoon to meet family or something for lunch, it's because my oldest son is home. And he's, I don't want to say in a bad way, that's the only one person we trust. But he's experienced it. He's got enough medical background. He can handle the situation. Yeah. He's very cool under pressure. And um, we know he's not
1: going to overreact or underreact. And our, our middle son, he is he's good too because he's the one our oldest son is gone during the week he comes home only on the weekend so our Mm. middle son is um my biggest help during the week and he can pretty much do everything also he just can get a little frazzled he's a little more emotional so our oldest son can kind of stay really calm under pressure and we know that he'll just be able to handle whatever needs handled
0: yeah and that's important i speaking from experience with all the things i have I've seen with my son in emergency situations, it gets crazy. So it changes
2: not only our lives, but our whole family's lives, because there's a lot of things we don't do now because of, you know, we can't go where there's loud music or noises at the grand opening when somebody hit the glass on that car is what triggered my oldest daughter to go down. Hmm. Um, You really have to think. I mean, it's gotten to the point now where my girls just they don't want to go out so you are stuck at home and that you know translates to the whole family stuck at home so it, it doesn't change the child's life not only not only changes our life it changes our entire family so and never being able
0: to let go and take a step out and have a nice dinner or go out without always worrying about i mean i know from having kids and trying to get a babysitter that's a pain in the ass sometimes but at least I can do it. We can we can schedule somebody and we can go out and then we can relax. So not ever being able to do that, I know it has to be stressful as hell. I can't imagine.
1: Yeah, we don't get out very often. We did get away in December. We got away overnight. Um, Our great niece was 21 in Arizona and it was his 50th birthday and our anniversary. So we got away overnight and it was nice to get away. But you're calling home constantly. You're texting constantly. How are the girls? How is this? You're never far from home. You're never e- relaxed. Even, yeah. even when you're when you're gone. I don't know how many times I've got to the grocery store and got a call because I have to hurry home. So you leave your basket in the middle of the store and you, you rush home. Or I'm at dance with my youngest and she goes down. So then I have to try and get her to the car and get her home. Or we're at dance and I get a call that one of the other girls needs help. Um, so you're always... It's like you're always on call. You're always paying attention. You're always, um, you just, you need to be available at all, all the time.
0: Hmm. So one other thing I wanted to talk about from a conversation we had earlier, and you are dealing with uncertainty with your daughter. You're dealing with uncertainty with the insurance. And and because the insurance doesn't consider that a disease they don't pay for certain things to happen. Is that also, so real fast touch on that.
1: anything?
2: Because of the way it's classified by the CDC, it's technically Lyme, is a bacteria. They don't take into consideration all the co-infections and viruses that come with it. That's really one of the hardest fights is all the co-infections and viruses. The Lyme disease is a bacteria. Yes, there is very heavy antibiotics you can take that do help as long as you get it early enough. The problem is, there's so little education on Lyme disease. It takes, we were lucky. We got diagnosed within six months. Some people go 13 years before they get a diagnosis.
1: Average is five years, 13 doctors. Average.
2: Average. Are you kidding me? So Mm -hmm. because they do not recognize chronic Lyme, they know Lyme disease is there, but this is when it goes chronic is when you start having all the issues. Um, your insurance doesn't cover anything. So, If I could go to traditional doctors or I can go back to Children's Hospital of Orange County and they could successfully treat my daughters, my insurance would cover that. But because they know nothing about it, we have to reach out to what we consider Lyme literate MDs or holistic naturopath doctors. Um, Your insurance does not cover any of that. So when you do find a Lyme literate MD, that is willing to take the chance. And when I say take the chance, uh, a doctor that oversees my daughter's care uh, has been put on suspension four times by the medical board and she has just recently given up. She's closed her practice and has retired full-time because the government keeps coming after her. So you have to pay for it out of your pocket. Um, when, so when you say the government's coming after her, what do you the mean? The medical board. They they come okay. and they suspend her medical license
0: because they're
1: she's treating long term Lyme, which they don't believe they exists. They don't recognize.
0: Got it. And from an insurance company's perspective, they're looking at this ailment that could potentially cost them. There's a bottomless pit there because if you have all of these doctors that are putting in things putting in procedures and they're not working, then they're looking at it like it's just a money pit and I'm going to continue to throw money, throw money, throw money to no avail. And so I can understand why knowing the insurance industry, why insurance companies are like, we're not going to take that risk. No, it's not a disease. No, we're not going to treat it because how much money would they lose? So that sucks.
2: Well, and and then the doctors, because there's not enough, known about Lyme disease and you got as we've explained it it travels through the, the girl's bodies so one day it hurt this hurts next day that hurts or let's say month to month so you have a doctor who's a professional says she's got gastro issues we're going to treat it well guess what next month now she's got cardiac issues so to a traditional doctor whether you want to call it uh pride or education or however you want to classify it they're scared to specialize in something like Lyme disease because it's ever changing. And ultimately to the standard person standing outside, looking in the doctor doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Oh, we're treating this. We're treating that. No, we're going to treat this. No, we're going to treat that. Our, our treatment of the girls changes from month to month because of whatever is flaring up or wherever the disease has moved within their body. So the doctors, you can't get them. And then, uh, you know, the insurance company says, you know, oh my gosh, this is a bottomless pit. Well, guess what? It is. Um, when when our oldest daughter f- first started getting treated, we were averaging between five and $6,000 a month. Um, and then- when For we, treatment and medicine. Yes. Um, that is not covered by insurance. That is not covered by insurance. So you have to pay for that out of your pocket. And then when you find a Lyme literate MD, um, that's willing to take that chance, which that person will still never put it in writing for you. Um, that will take the chance and treat your uh, family member. Um, our Lyme-literate MD was 400 and
1: Something 450 dollars an hour,
2: an hour. An hour. Um, which
1: which we had people question, why is that? Why do they pay so much? That's not fair. You guys are in the situation. Why do they charge that much? And she's the doctor that recently retired. And I asked her one time. And um, she broke down for me on paper what it costs for her to have her license, um, what her DEA license is, what her malpractice is to rent the office, um, plus the fines for lined they when she was. Um, c- Fine for treating Lyme disease, each infraction was $25,000. Plus she had to go back to school to take continuing courses. So she broke it down and she says, I need to make $1,025 a day that I'm open to just break even and pay all of this. So for us, we're like, gosh, that's a lot of money. But when she breaks it down and to see what it costs her, she really wasn't making she wasn't making tons of money it was just to keep the practice open because she knew how many people needed what she offered and finally it just got to be too much
2: wow and people have said that we're crazy are we what would you pay to keep your child healthy right what would you pay to keep your child from dying are we crazy yeah maybe Crazy about my kids, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm.
0: So, and that leads me to another question is, you know, I was friends with you on Facebook, and I I saw I saw daily things that had happened to you that was very hard for me to look at, you know, on the outside looking in. And there's so you had another issue with somebody on facebook or or
1: yeah you know we've talked about the challenges one is just the everyday what it does to the entire family it's hard it's devastating flip side it brings you so much closer together um i am so proud of my other kids for when birthday parties don't happen oh it's all right or when we have plans for something doesn't happen because of the girl oh it's all right they're all amazing. So that, so your family struggles, then your relationships outside your family struggle, because when you can't go to other people's birthday parties or you can't go out to dinner or you can't meet at the mall, or when they come in the house, they have to be quiet because noises might bother the girls today. Your outside relationships suffer. Um, so your friendships are, when you can't do what you used to do, your friendships suffer big time. Um, and then financially, we took a big hit because paying for the girls. Um, our most recent doctor works with us financially. We're very blessed. And um, she tries to give us the cheapest route possible. Not not that she's cutting corners on their care. But if two things work, we're going to go with whatever is the cheapest. So we've got their care to about 2500 to 3500 a month routinely for the three girls. Um, but that's just their appointments and their medicine that's not their diets that's not the green smoothies they have to have um that's not the cbd that's not the special water that's not the coconut water for our youngest i mean that's just doctor's appointments antibiotic supplements that's
2: baseline period Period. that's not yeah if you want any frills we have any frills to life we have a household of eight and when we started changing our diets to deal with my my daughters uh it tripled so uh, Our
1: food bill, yeah. So,
2: yeah. So, you can imagine what a household of eight already has a, a, lot. a food bill with three boys. Now, triple yeah. that. Whoa. On top of what we already discussed as far as medical care.
1: Yeah. So, that's just their medical care. Average 25 to to $3,500 a month. Um, and then, like I said, um, their green smoothies, which really helps with their detox. It really helps get extra vitamins at their body, the nutrients that it really needs. Um, I... I added that up one time when I go to the store and bought just stuff for their smoothies. Um, it comes to about $2 and 70 cents a day per daughter, for just their smoothies. So, so that financially we've taken a hit emotionally, we've taken a hit, um, with our friends we've taken a hit. Um, and then we have people that don't understand or people that don't get it or people that have walked with it with somebody else that think it's easy. Um, you know, well, why don't you just go to a normal doctor? We've heard, why don't you just give them an antibiotic and they'll be fine? Well, we've tried that our oldest daughter's been on five different antibiotics at the same time off rotating. I mean, we've tried everything for two years. Our middle daughter was on them for eight months between. So throwing antibiotics at them isn't necessarily the answer. We've, we've tried that route. Um, but then you have people that think they know best and are very judgmental. And recently we got slapped with a CPS claim that we weren't treating the girls properly. Um, and they had used information that we had, that we had shared and, um, That was devastating Um, to know that we've, we feel we've done our best um, with the input from our extended family. Um, My mom's been to appointments. Um, We've shared things with them. They've, my sisters have researched. Um, Jim and I, together with our faith and with our kids and with our extended family, have made decisions on how to treat our girls. I would share some things on Facebook, but obviously I'm not sharing 24 seven and you don't know everything that goes down. So to have people target you, to judge you, to say that you're not a good enough mom, that you're not doing what your kids need, that was painful. That was painful. That was, that was, that hurt, that dug deep, that um, we've put our life on hold for four and a half years. Um, and, and to judge us for what we spend, they said, that's excessive. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I would rather not spend that. We were a hundred percent debt free before our daughter got sick. We now have almost $40,000 in debt. Yeah. I would like to say I didn't have that, but we don't have that luxury.
0: What were the grounds? Somebody filed a complaint with the CPS. Yes from families that beat and neglect and mistreat their kids right this is what cps in my mind is for and somebody filed a complaint with cps on you for trying to deal with this uncertainty this this issue how did that go down what happened with that
2: we just got a knock at the door that there had been a complaint and that we needed to discuss it so uh we made the appointment the representative from the county came out and uh, read the complaint which happened to be two pages long not just a single complaint it was two pages long um to where even the county representative was a little shocked she was she says, boy somebody uh, has got it out for you so what what were some of the complaints did they share it with you? Uh, ultimately the i guess you can call it the complaint was we were not caring for our daughters So, the way the county works is that's what they were investigating. Are we caring? How we're caring is none of their business. Whether they agree with it is none of their business. Were we caring for our daughters? So, um, the appointment started on my front porch, and depending on how that appointment went, was going to determine if I continue to talk with the representative, if I let the representative in my house. Um, The representative was very open-minded, very good person, um, which, you know, which is once again, you're always judging things. So when we hear CPS is coming out, you start immediately getting um, uh, on guard. We had no right, no reason to be. She was uh, she was a great person, great representative of the county. She came in, she met my girls. Um, now, you have to remember this is only for the two youngest because they're the only ones under 18 now. My oldest daughter is over 18, so she wasn't part of this investigation. Um, she said, she thought the girls looked great. We showed her all the medical equipment. She goes, well, by looking at the girls and looking at the equipment, I would say, and we ran down the medications they take, ran down the, the care they get. Um, she felt we are caring for our daughters. And that's what the complaint was, caring for our daughters.
1: Amongst so, other things. Amongst other that things, was
2: but that But in the big picture, that's what it was. And, and like I said, we have to jump back to what I said earlier. People look from the outside in and they don't see anything wrong but then they hear we're spending thousands of dollars a month. They see they see, or hear that my daughter's had a seizure and we don't go to the emergency room. I guess a message I want to get across today besides Lyme awareness is don't judge something you don't know everything about. People are looking at me saying, hey, they have a normal life. We are far from normal, folks. We are far from normal. And... Um, Don't think you understand because I have family members. We have brothers and sisters. They get it, but they don't understand. You know, they always want us to drop the girls off so they can, so we can have a weekend off. It doesn't work that way. We drop the girls off is great. What if they have a massive episode massive seizure? So, yeah, the CPS thing was very hurtful. Um,
1: I think we took it very personal.
2: How could you not?
1: I, I think, and I don't. I don't think people understand that because my even my older two boys were like, "I better not ever find out <laughs> right. who did that because I right. might be in jail." You know, I'm yeah. sorry to say that, but that's how they were because it felt like it's, a personal attack. Yeah. Um,
2: it's very personal. Well, like listen. I said I, I, I try to be. I try to play both sides. Like I said, ultimately, out of that whole situation. The message I want to get across is don't judge things you don't know. We're all guilty of it. We all jump to conclusions. We all judge people. We all judge situations. We all judge places. Don't until you know the details.
0: I was going to say something, but that is better than anything I was going to say. The only thing I got to say is that, you know, a little empathy goes a long way. If you don't know the whole thing and you only know a piece of it, don't jump to conclusions. Guess what? Mind your own damn business. I think I've heard some people say that it sounded really nice. <laughs> and if you file a complaint, I mean, you you said you have pulse oximeters, you have oxygen, you have all of these different devices, sauna, ionizer, feet ionizers. Uh, that is over and above. I don't see a problem with that. Nobody... Okay, first of all, you're whoever is out there listening, you don't know the whole scenario of your own damn life, right? So for you to be so judgmental, right? And actually file a complaint against somebody that's trying so hard to deal with stuff that they don't even know, and you file that complaint, you're an asshole. And you need to listen to that. And don't be an asshole. You don't have to be an asshole. Be helpful. The whole point of this podcast is to push the idea of helping others, of going out and offering what you have to make a difference, to encourage others, to find the appreciation in the small things. And I hope, I hope to God, and I pray that people are going to hear this podcast, they're going to hear your story. And there's going to be a fire lit somewhere that is going to help propel the problem the, of this disease that, you know, of this bacteria that causes all these problems called Lyme disease.
1: And, you know, helping doesn't have we, we've heard so many times we wish we could do something. We wish we could help you. We wish we had more money. And you don't need a lot of money. I mean, if you took. All of my friends on Facebook that donated $5 a month, it would cover our almost our bills. And I'm not saying this to be entitled that everyone should give me $5. I'm saying is it doesn't have to be grandiose. It doesn't have to be big. You don't have to be giving $100, $500 to make a difference. $5 makes a difference.
2: Help. Just $5 being, makes just
1: a difference. Just being a friend,
2: but being a non-judgmental friend. Like I said, we've lost... Numerous friends, just be a friend that can come over and is not freaked out if one of my daughters goes down. Be a friend that hey, is there anything you can need? Do you need? Is there any help? Do you need to talk? That's it. It's not and, a,
1: and every and everybody could could give because I still we still teach our kids, um, even in our situation, we could still bless somebody else. You know, we have a friend whose daughter's in the hospital. She's going on 24 days. So for Thanksgiving, excuse me, for Valentine's Day, we put a box together and sent her. And my youngest daughter brought me one of her nail polishes that wasn't open yet. And, you know, a new package of socks that they had gotten for Christmas, they gave me. And, um, you know, we put we were able to put this box together and ship to her. So I think it makes you more aware when you're in this situation of how you could be a blessing to somebody else because we know what helps us so sending pizza to a friend who is you know having a hard day you know send pizza she doesn't have to think about dinner those don't seem big but they are huge you know google how to make mixes in a jar and send a dry soup mix to to somebody they don't have to be you don't have to do huge things to change the world or to change somebody's life. And even those that are struggling can still do the, can, can still give, you can still make a difference even when you're down and out.
2: I agree. I kind think of a, a standing we've taken because people always ask us, how do you guys deal with all of it? Like we discussed earlier, there's no choice. It's our, it's our child. So financially or whatever it is, but people always ask us and it's like, it could always be worse.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Are we having fun right now? No. Is it horrible? Yeah, it's pretty bad. But guess what? It could be worse. We've had very close friends that have lost a child under two years old. We've had very good close friends that they're dealing with children that can't leave the hospital; they're so sick. So, as bad as we have it, we're not. We don't have our blinders on. Just like I'm asking other people, don't put blinders on and don't judge. I'm not judging. I'm not. I don't have my blinders on. It could be worse. That's what people don't get. We're we're a very selfish society right now. Um, you know, people say, oh, I can't give. But they have no problem buying a $5 coffee. So you can help somebody. You can. Don't be so selfish. Our whole society is selfish. And that's why, you know, we have some of the situations we have in our world right now.
0: Yeah. Wow. So we'll figure out and put some type of a, a way that, now, if somebody wants to contribute something, do you have any specific? Do you have a website? Do you have a Most
1: somewhere they can- stuff we've had to take down? We do have um, a campaign site to people could donate to. Um, it's um dot backslash Lyme Disease, um, and it's that's online, and they could they could donate there. We also have um, Amazon Wish List. Um, that I could probably share with you and you can put up put up somewhere that's things that I order there for the girls that are that are online or things that we have to replenish Um, you know the cooling rags only last so long the ice packs only last so long
0: and yes I would like so all so so that that kind
1: of stuff we have online so people aren't comfortable donating cash um, or to the to those sites then they can always send items that are on on the girl's wish list. And that's always the, the, that's really helpful actually.
0: Wow. So is there anything that I missed that you might want to get out there?
1: I guess something we didn't talk about was there is no cure for Lyme. Oh, the- so we, our goal for our girls, our hope for our girls is remission. Um, But they will have to be on some type of medicine the rest of their lives Um, and expect relapses, especially being diagnosed so young, especially our youngest one. She was um, 10 when she was diagnosed. Um, The average when you're diagnosed as a teenager is three to four relapses um, in your in your lifetime. Um, It also is. Um, I don't know if you can say it online. Sexually transmitted, um, so, Lyme diseases. Yes, because it's in their blood and the in the spiral key. So that's something that they have to take into consideration um, when they're older, married, and in relationships. And it could pass the blood-brain barrier, also through the placenta. Um, so our oldest daughter doesn't want children. Never had wanted children. So this was like a yay me. Um, I think. Um, the hardest part when our middle was diagnosed was she's always wanted to be a mom. Um, she talks about having a large family like we have. And I think that was really hard for us. Um, having children isn't off the table. Our doctor said, you know, if you're in remission, um, but she will have to be on a certain protocol and certain medication, the whole pregnancy to lower the risk of transmitting it to a, uh, child we can get it down to less than one percent but it's still one percent um so but they will fight this their 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 whole life life. so um relationships are hard we know that marriages are are hard this has taken a hit on our marriage um but going into it chronically ill you're going to have to find a spouse that's extra special to be able to take on the role of not just husband, but caretaker to take care of our girls. And um, we hope there's three amazing men out there that are willing to do that. But it's going to be, it's going to be a financial toll, um, and physical and emotional. Um, but those are things a lot of people don't think about. They just see them as teenagers now, but um, this will affect the rest of their lives.
2: Hmm.
0: Damn. I wish there was a, I wish there was, the answer is the, is the daily, how you approach the problem, I guess. We're all, none of us are immune to problems. Some of us have more problems than others, but at the end of the day, we always have a choice on how we're going to accept the challenge that's in front of us. We can let it make us bitter, or we can let it make us better. Somebody said that Shirley Zink said that to me and I'll never forget it. Um, and it's true. And you guys have a a very positive outlook from my perspective. I know it's hard.
1: Well, we have our moments. Yeah, I, have, I mean, I can imagine from <laughs> we what have I've seen. Moments. <laughs>
2: and, and I guess one other thing we haven't really touched on is the whole goal of this for us. We're in this. That's not going to change. My daughters are in it for life. That's not going to change. I want other people to learn. We're all about Lyme awareness. Research it. You got time to watch all your stupid shows on YouTube. (laughs) Research Lyme disease. Watch
1: Skin Deep. Skin
2: Skin Deep. Deep. Skin
1: Deep. Is that a Netflix thing or what is that? Um, I believe you could watch it on Netflix and Amazon video, Um, but it talks about Lyme disease and and what it is. But Skin Deep. Those are two that I encourage. Take some responsibility. Yeah, because,
2: you know, we're, we're freaks about bug spray now. It's not 100% proven yet, but there are some doctors that believe mosquitoes can transmit Lyme disease. That hasn't been proven. Our particular doctor believes it. Um, just be aware, where bug spray. If you're in an area that's known for ticks, like if you go hiking in the mountains, do a tick check. Because if you find it the day that it happened and you went to the hospital and got those antibiotics, 99.9% of the time, you are good, and that's where the misconception comes from. If I got bit today, I go to the doctor, they put me on antibiotics for six weeks, I am good. I will not have Lyme disease, most likely. It's when you're unaware of it, or you don't pay attention, or you don't think it's gonna happen to you, that's when it's gonna get you. So be the education, the Lyme awareness is what we're really pushing. And we CDC and we'll be pushing out the rest of our lives.
1: Yeah, the CDC just updated their numbers for 2020 even though they say it doesn't exist, 2020, um, they say there were 478,000 people officially diagnosed with Lyme disease. Oh, wow. Officially. It's the fastest growing infectious disease in the United States, um, six times more diagnosed with Lyme than HIV, two and a half times more than breast cancer. Wow. And we have less f- funding from the federal government for research than migraine headaches. Are you serious? Mm -hmm.
0: So that bad news is actually a little bit of good news. That means that a lot of people it's becoming visible on the radar. And I think in order for strides, big strides to happen, people need to be aware of it. So you guys are doing I mean, your life is a testament to some of the crazy stuff that people have to put up with with this disease. So. Is there any last things that you'd like to mention before we? I don't think so. So the last thing I want to mention is a quote from Plutarch. It says, It is not by the use of words that I came to a complete understanding of things, but from the experiences that I had allowed me to understand the words that were said So many times people jump to conclusions, they judge situations that they have not had the experience so they can say the words, but you can't understand the situation until you have the experience. I can feel the sincerity. There is no question in my mind at all, in my soul, that you love your daughters and that you're trying to do everything you can to help them live a joyful life. Now, they have some serious challenges. It is my opinion that suffering has very transformative qualities and the suffering that they have have to endure right now is strengthening them to make a difference later. And what you guys are doing is amazing. Keep up the good work and I will pray for you. And I hope anybody that listens to this podcast will pray for you and share it let people know if somebody is experiencing things, symptoms that they can't explain.
1: Yes, get tested, get tested. I agree. Or if you've been diagnosed with MS or lupus or fibro, any of these other chronic conditions and you're not seeing changes. Cause it's misdiagnosed is,
2: uh, tremendously as all those other
1: it's called the the nickname of Lyme disease is a great imitator,
2: the great imitator,
1: because it mimics so many other chronic illnesses. So if you've had something, we have a friend up in the desert who was um, diagnosed with lupus and fibromyalgia on medicine for 17 years with no difference and was finally diagnosed with Lyme disease and is getting her life back together. Now being treated for Lyme disease. Wow. So if you're not seeing differences, or responding to treatments
0: just do the research do the research is there an email somebody if they wanted to reach out to you specifically you you had mentioned somewhere they could give is there a place is there an email if they have questions or they want to reach out in any way is and is there an email or some other form whether it's a phone number or email or anything where they could actually
1: reach out and ask you a question you can forward it to me
0: yeah, we'll we'll give you
2: the contact information. You can okay, post. and then
0: we can put it on the show notes. We got to figure out that whole show notes thing, Casey. But I'm not I'm not worried. We're gonna have that done. So uh, look on the show notes, and it should be there. We'll give By you the information for listening. contacting
2: us, and then some information for some different uh, um, charities. I guess you could say that you can get information from, as well as understand the disease a little better. Awesome. Yeah.
1: And where to send ticks in. That's the big thing is uh, if you get bit by a tick or you find a tick, you save it and send it in. Most of them, because Lyme disease is on such an upswing and ticks on an upswing, it? they're charging you. It's $50 right now, but trust me, it could save your life because they'll test it and they'll tell you, did the tick have Lyme? Did it have co-infections? Did it have viruses? So you will know, okay, if it had all of this, this is what we we're need not, to find someone. who need to get it. are not talking about finding
2: ticks on yourself or your children. If you have a tick on your dog,
1: yeah, send it in. Put it, now it in tape
2: and send it in and get it tested because if that ticks on your dog. What are your kids doing? Playing with your dog. So, good point. Yeah, so Do tick checks. So there's
1: several places that yeah. you can send them in, and then they're um, keeping better track because you hear so often. I mean, I mean, the cardiologist. One of the cardiologists at Chalk. I have it on video or on tape because he wasn't at that appointment with me. And I I recorded that appointment and he was considered their Lyme specialist at Chalk with a cardiologist. And when we went over all these symptoms, I asked Dr. So-and-so, do you think she could have Lyme disease? A couple people have mentioned it to us. My cousin's husband in Colorado has every single symptom that our daughter has. And he said, don't be a Google doctor. Lyme disease is not in Southern California.
2: You said it was impossible for us to have one. However,
1: disease. California and Florida, the two that they say is, shouldn't have it, had the highest increase in incidence three years in a row. So it's here, it's in California, it's in Southern California, it's in the desert. We live in the desert. We found ticks in the desert. It's not just in the mountains. Wow. So be prepared. Be safe, be cautious. If you find a tick, send it in because now they can track them and they're keeping more data to say, okay, these are where they are. And then hopefully it'll start to be acknowledged and treated and more awareness brought to people.
2: At least to where some of the care is covered.
0: That's huge. Yeah. Hmm. Well, hopefully today we've made a difference. Thank you so much for taking the time to come out and talk to me about this. And
1: thank you for giving us the opportunity.
0: Appreciate it. So, well, there you have it. Thanks again for listening to whoever's listening. And I am Scotty Carlisle. This is the Move Podcast. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. I don't know. Whatever.